My friend Ben Jerome pinged me and said, hey dude, get on this clubhouse thing and check it out. It's great, it's amazing. It's really led to a lot of good connections. So I decided, hop on here and on the spot, on demand, record a podcast that same day and get it produced immediately and have it up and running within 48 hours on Spotify, on Apple, on Google to share with your friends and family. So that's what this is all about. You are the star. Welcome to the Brian Penso Show, starring Brian Penso. I'm Phil Brothers, and I'll be your host. But today, Brian, you are the star. Welcome, my friend. Thank you very much for having me, sir. Yeah, it's a blast. So we just got uh, done with a few minutes of uh, getting to know each other. Uh, we had Simon pop in this room here on Clubhouse. He just disappeared on us, and he's uh, experiencing some technical difficulties. Um, but it was pretty inspiring to hear him speak directly to two things. Number one, he followed you into this room because he respects your game and, and what you have to say. And number two, your book was very inspiring to him. Uh, can you speak to what you heard Simon say and, uh, and how that uh, resonates with you? Well, the, the beauty about my book is it's straightforward. You know, there's no sugar in it, and he came to the epiphany that it's not too late for him to start. Every day is a new day. I mean, if you're above ground, you can always find another path or get on the path that you really wanted to choose for yourself because most people live a life that was chosen for them, not the one that they lead. And for him, it was an eye-opener that he decided to live the life that he wanted, not the one that was chosen for him. That's, that's great. So he used the term, that book was a slap in my face, and it helped me realize I'm 53, but I still have time. And you responded to that with a, a couple of people that were inspirational in that um, later part of their, their lives and starting and, and succeeding. Who, who were that that you were talking about? Uh, Colonel Sanders with KFC. I don't think he got started until he was in his 70s. And Sam Walton, if I'm not mistaken, I remember the story right. I mean, he was in his 50s if I'm not mistaken, when he got started. So every day is a new day to restart. That is excellent. I've also heard, I think the founder of Grey Goose was in his 70s when he started that vodka company as well. And that is inspiring. And it is, if, if it's the true for a 50, 60, 70-year-old, how much more true can it be for a 20, 30-year-old who's like, ah, I'm too old or I'm too past or I should have done blah, blah, blah. And since I didn't, you know, boo-hoo, you know, what would you say to, to people that have that kind of mentality to, to help them snap out of that? They need to start hanging around a different crowd. I mean, if you want to make $200,000 a year or $300,000 a year, you got to rub elbows and hang with people making that kind of money. You've got to learn from those that have what it is that you want, not what it is that you have. So you've got to have people stretching you and pushing that envelope. That's how you become successful with people around you, you know, egging you on, cheering you up, you know, and making you use your God-given brain because the piece of real estate that has the most value in your life is between your ears and you need to invest in it. Sounds important. So in that... You are not speaking from theory. You're not speaking from just some idea that you came across and you just repeat. And one thing that stood out to me in your clubhouse profile is you say that I was homeless for seven years. And then obviously you've bounced out and back from that. Can you explain kind of what that was like for you leading into going into being homeless and, and then coming back out? What did that look like? Well, I had started a business, and I still have that business today, but I had started it, delivered a bunch of product. I didn't get paid. 
uh, kind of didn't go the way it should have. I couldn't pay my rent on my house, so I became homeless. I had two choices, give up my house or give up my business. Well, the business was the only thing that was going to continue to generate money, so I gave up my house, moved out of it, and I moved into a, a concrete warehouse. I slept in the corner with no heat, no hot water, on a couch that I got out of a dumpster that I repaired with a couple of bricks under one leg because it only had three legs. And I, and I lived like that for seven years with me and my dog, Gabby. It was, it was not pretty, you know, but the difference is, is I had the end in mind. And I think that's what a lot of people misunderstand. You've got to have the end in mind and you have to be emotionally connected to it. If you're not emotionally connected to the end result that you see, any form of resistance you'll throw in the towel and you'll go back to whatever it is that what you were doing. But being focused is what kept me grinding and working my way out of the hole. It took me several years, you know, but I did it, you know, and that's the thing is staying focused. Well, that is a lot of focus because I imagine my sissy ass would have been in there for about seven minutes, if not seven days at the max and being like, ah, oh, hell no. That, and most people I know would probably fall in that category. Um, have you found that to be true of most people of how they react to that story? And when you were facing that, how did you get through the tougher times? What, how did you keep yourself going? Like I said, I had the end in mind. My goal, I'm a professional angler. And I used to watch professional fishing when I was very young on, you know, on TV. And my goal was to do that across the United States and rub elbows with my idols that I used to watch on TV. So when you marry the heart and the mind together and you stay focused, it's an emotional connection. The emotional connection of me wanting to fish professionally, be on TV, you know, talk to my, my idols and rub elbows with them and sit down and eat dinner with them or meet on the side of a lake, that was the goal. And that's what always kept me focused through every shitstorm that I ever went through. Being homeless, no heat, no nothing. I mean, I had to heat up my bed with a hairdryer that I got at the dollar store just before I could get in my bed. I mean, it was miserable. But I wasn't looking how miserable my life was. I was looking at how good it was going to be when I got where I wanted to go. That focus is what got me through every bad shitstorm I ever went through. That sounds like... And I think that's an ability everybody needs to get in their head. Go ahead, sir. No, that sounds like quite an intense focus for sure. And you mentioned some of the people that inspire you. Um, and how, how have they inspired you or, or had you listened to or known them before and during while you were going through that period of time? And if so, how did those, those words or encouragement from uh, some of them help? Well, I got into personal development, and I've spent multiple six figures on fixing that piece of real estate between my ears. Guys like John Maxwell, Brian Tracy, uh, Eckhart Tolle, Jim Collins. You know, I was steered toward learning from books because books are actually the shortcut to success. Why go out and try to reinvent the wheel when you can learn from somebody? I mean, I couldn't afford a course. I couldn't afford a a private lecture or a, a $500 seminar. I mean, hell, I, I couldn't even eat every day unless it was a box of oatmeal. So I had to go in and listen to some cassette tapes. That tells you how old I am. Or get a book that I borrowed from somebody else. And that's what completely changed my trajectory 
because it elevated my my thought process. Because I was at a lecture one time and I heard that the human mind cannot solve a problem on the same level or elevation of thinking that created it. Now think about that. That's true. You can't think your way out of a problem that you created unless you elevate your thinking and have a better form of thinking to look at things from a different perspective. Wow. Does that make sense? It, it is. It's like uh, I'm just like sitting here pondering that for a minute because it's kind of like, wow. Um, if that's true, then you, you have to step outside of either yourself, it sounds like, because usually I, when, if I get stuck, if I feel myself stuck in a rut thought process-wise, I usually have to turn to someone more experienced, more wise, maybe with a different perspective than I do, before I can come to that realization as a typical general rule. That's usually how I snap out of that. Is that true for you as well, or do you just dig deep inside oh, yourself? Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I have a mastermind group of people. When I get stuck, I have to go up. I can't go down. So when I get stuck and I can't solve a problem, I pick up the phone and I call a handful of people and say, okay, this is my dilemma. What do you think? Now, they don't have to be an expert in the business that I'm doing or the genre that I'm studying or the genre that I'm working on. It's simply a shift of mindset from an outside perspective have, okay, have you thought about this or have you done this? And it was like, holy shit, why didn't I think of that? Because sometimes we get tunnel vision. We get so focused that we can't think. That's why we have to break that randomity of listening to ourselves because we get tired of hearing ourselves. And that's why you have to mastermind and go out and ask somebody's opinion or an idea which may totally do a 180 on the problem that you're stuck in. That's the beauty of communicating and, you know, and reciprocating with other people that have been successful. Not the guy sitting on the bar stool that's half drunk off of his butt because he doesn't want to go home because it's miserable. Right. I don't want to listen to him. I want to listen to somebody who has what it is that I want. Yeah, that, so, that, makes, that makes great sense. So we've got a, a guest gotta, here. Yeah, we've got go a ahead. We've got a guest here in the room, Brian Little, and he seems to be a podcast host uh, into the MMA plus peanuts. Uh, Brian Little, do you have uh, anything to say about that mindset and overcoming difficulty that uh, Brian Penso is talking about here? Actually, I'm a little bit late to the party. I kind of caught him in the middle of his discussion. So before I introduce myself, can you kind of recap me a little bit of what we're discussing now? Absolutely. So we're, we're live here on a podcast. We're recording with Brian Penso. He's laying down. He's, he's written a book. Uh, called why why who are you and why and right now he's talking about the mentality that helped him through a difficult time in his life he was homeless for seven years and he had to dig deep within himself and, and snap out and and digging himself out of that and in that one of the concepts he's talking about is the perspective of snapping yourself out of a thought rut and you cannot get yourself out of a thought rut while still thinking on that same plane, you have to elevate and think differently. And so we were talking about turning to mentors, people wiser or more experienced than us to help us in that. So what in your experience or understanding uh, resonates with that, if anything? No, that resonates a lot. I think it's one of those, I could, I could be wrong here, but it's one of those, if you are stuck in a rut, well, one thing you need to do is you need to start moving. I mean, at least be active in some possible way instead of staying there and getting stuck. 
uh, one way to get unstuck is do you know what, what we're doing now? Just kind of build a community, talk with like-minded individuals that uh, want to know your story, but also it's one of those staying active. You know, doing things you enjoy as well. Um, but also, I think it's one of those be be teachable and be willing to teach others. As you can look on my logo here, I've started my own networks simply because there were people that were tuning into my podcast. My podcast, yes, is once again a very unique one. I'll take two extremes like peanuts and MMA and somehow make it work into an episode. But that's just because that's my sport and that's my comic. And it just works for me. But there's a couple other guys in there that were getting started that were kind of not being able to build an audience very much. And they were like, well, what do we do? Well, I have this knowledge that I have accumulated over the last five years of podcasting. So I said, you know what? Not only will I help you, not only will I consult you, why don't we just lock arms and make our own network instead of trying to find one that you know fits them? We do one that fits us. So that's how the YFB network was started. Was a couple of guys that are doing their own show, and we are cross promoting each other. We are doing intro swaps. We have very we might have different shows, but we just did a online auction day that had a common cause. If anything was raised at that auction, then 50% of it was going to a nonprofit. And, uh, you know, we had a great time and we are just continuing to grow and build some influence. One guy's working on TikTok. Here I am on Clubhouse trying to learn it and promote the guys and myself. And just uh, that's kind of where we stand at this point. But no, I resonate very much with, with that. So I think come back to also be teachable, but be willing to serve and teach others because you have something to share. Like, what do I have to teach? You have something you can teach someone. I mean, even Warren Buffett, the greatest investor in the world, they asked him, what does he want to be remembered by? And he did not say the best investor. He said teacher. Those were his words. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that, Brian Little. So that sounds like nothing that's uh, Brian Penso is a stranger to keeping in motion. First of all, that's one of his uh, attributes. He's nonstop focused. Uh, brisk walking is something that he's shown value in that he mentioned. And then obviously just fishing around the country like an absolute boss. He sent me some pictures. He has freaking catfish that look like they're three times my size on his shoulder. And I'm like, Brian Penso, what in the world? This dude is, looks like he's everywhere. Uh, so Mr. Penso, can you speak to that as far as that motion that keeps you rolling? Well, I'll tell you, I got to go back to what Brian was saying. You know, if what you want doesn't exist, build it. If he didn't have a network, what he was talking about, the network didn't exist that he wanted. So what did he do? He backed up, regrouped, and he built what it is that he wanted. The desire is there. The focus is there. All you got to do is set your mind to it and push yourself to it. And what he was talking about, you know, talking to other people and him helping this other individual get going. I mean, we can't outgive what it is that we get. So I always try to go to give, not get. I mean, I don't, I don't do my book because of the monetary value. I do it because I want to give back. I've been very blessed. I lived my life the way I wanted to, not the one that somebody tried to choose for me a long time ago. I've had four jobs in all my entire life. And the only reason I had those jobs was to make money to start my own companies. So if it doesn't exist, build it. That's that's my thing, man. Build yeah. it. Yeah, I dig I dig that. So in building, you've built yourself a, uh, a we'll call it a legacy, at least amongst people that know you as Uncle Larry. And I would like you to shine some light on that good old story. Well, there was a bunch of us in one of my businesses because I've got six. 
we were all out in Las Vegas and we were sitting at a table after we got out of the convention and I don't know, there was 15 or 20 of us and I've got very long hair as you can see in my picture. I'm covered in tattoos and I usually have blue jeans on and a wife beater. Okay. So we're sitting at the table and this young lady is going around the table taking people's drink orders and all of a sudden she stops dead in her boots and she says, Uncle Larry, is that you? <laughs> out, of, out of the blue, because she had some uncle that she knew in Kentucky that looked just like me. And, and that's how I got the name Uncle Larry, because, I mean, everybody at that table has known me as Uncle Larry for probably three plus years now. Nice. It was funny. We were laughing so hard we couldn't even take a drink of what we were drinking. That it was funny. We, we had a great time. That's fabulous. So did you be like, yeah, honey, it's me. Where you been, girl? Yeah, exactly, man. We rode that we rode that pony out until the legs fell off of it. It it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That is sweet. So and you're also uh you've got another uncle name, Uncle Betty. And how did you come across that one? Uncle Betty came from I am a cook. I grow my own microgreens. Uh, I do a lot of cooking, and it's not just one genre, it's barbecue, it's you know, cooking in a wok, it's baking, it's about anything you can possibly fathom, I cook. And the old Betty Crocker cookbook, they, they started calling me Uncle Betty about 10 years ago, and the name just kind of stuck. Yeah. So that's how I got the name Uncle Betty. That's it. And as I was saying how uh, boys will be boys, we harass each other and, and rib each other, and, and you responded, yeah, that's just the way it's got to be. You got to have fun, right? Oh, yeah. If you can't have fun, man, uh, there's no sense in being on this planet. I mean, it, life is about having fun and enjoying yourself. It's not about being miserable every day, man. You got to have fun. Yes, sir. I fully agree with that. So talk about uh, the, some grilling on the barbecue pit. You said that you like to use real wood on the fire pit. What type of wood uh, as far as the, I don't know, flavor or brand? What's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, genus? I use mostly oak as my base wood for my heat but i flavor uh the smoke with pecan and cut up yellow onion i also use hickory uh and i use cherry those are my three favorites and then i cut up like the real strong yellow onions that'll make the pope cry <laughs> i cut those up and put those in my fire because as it's burning off the oil that onion flavor goes into that smoke and it's just an unbelievable flavor unbelievable and so is that, is that steak is that fish what's what's what all goes on that fire typically oh i cook uh i grill asparagus on it i grill chicken uh i grill salmon uh some shrimp i mean i, I pretty much cook anything if it'll hold still long enough i'll put it on my pit <laughs> i do pork butts i do pork loins uh long smoke in a smoker as well also yeah i just i love to cook I'm 55 years old. I'm on no medication. I eat one meal a day, and it's a meal that I cook. I don't eat that garbage from the, gro from the grocery store. I grow my own fruits and vegetables in my backyard, and I'm very particular about what I put in my body. You're not frequenting McDonald's five times a week? I haven't eaten at a McDonald's or a fast food restaurant in probably 12 plus, 15 plus years. That is uh, quite disciplined and my hat's off to you but that definitely sounds like an excellent way to live i can get down with that so i take a very high powered nutrition supplement 
that has been around for 16, 17 years because I know it's been checked before, during, and after it's blending, and I know it's 100% pure. So that's how I make up the difference, and I don't have to have all of that because there's no food in the food today. It's basically just filler. So it is a disciplined thing, but, you know, at 55 and no medications, no arthritis, none of that, I mean, I've I've done well with it, and, and I appreciate my health every day. Now, were you able to, to eat like that, or, or how did how did that differ in, in your diet? When you're talking about being in the warehouse with Abby, uh, how did that differ? Number one is my question. And then the second question is, how as you were leaning towards getting out of that warehouse, what was that final, aha, I'm out, and I'm now living in this next place? What did that next domicile look like for you? Uh, for me, I stepped up to, believe it or not, a rent-by-the-week facility because I live in a very large city and uh, you can the business people use these to rent and business trips where it's got a little kitchenette and a shower and a little refrigerator and a stove and I mean hey I thought I'd died and gone to heaven because I moved out of a warehouse into a rent by the week uh, little bungalow and I lived there for a year and a half almost two years before I actually found and could afford a real place to live. And yeah, that probably felt like the freaking Taj Mahal at that point, right? Oh, yeah, I thought, I mean, good Lord. I mean, But, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it because I stayed focused and I hit my goal. It wasn't the house that I live in. That wasn't the goal. The goal was what kept me focused on fishing, and I have fished professionally all over the United States at the highest levels. And you, and you that, were fishing, that, actively, professionally fishing across the country while you were living in the warehouse? Is that correct? No, that came after. Okay. That came after because it takes a lot of money to do what it is that I wanted to do. I could barely p- keep myself and my dog fed, let alone spend $4,000 on a tournament entry fee, and that's one event. Yep. So, yeah, it was... Uh, Oatmeal and bananas and whatever I could get my hands on that didn't cost me an arm and a leg. Did you get down with some ramen at all? Oh, yeah. Ramen is a staple. To this day, I still can't eat it. You're like, I'm done with that. (laughs) That's exactly right. Tapped out. Well, you you had your fill. No moss for me. So, okay, was there a point in time, again, when you got the 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 pay-by-the-week house or uh, place and was there a time like, okay, maybe I could have come out of the warehouse a, a month before, six months before, but I wanted to hit this goal or this come across this finish line before I then jumped in. What, what was that marker? How did you determine then versus a month or two before? I had over $100,000 in credit card debt at one point in time. And what I did is my goal was to stay in there until I got all of my debt paid off clean up, you know, my credit is spotless. It always was. I was never late on any payments. But my goal was to complete all of my debt, get out of the hole before I went and got a permanent place to live. And I accomplished that in about seven, six or seven years. I actually pulled that rabbit off and, and got out of it. That is freaking beast mode to have that level of focus. Like you said, because you emotionally attached to the end result, you were focused on that. You could just keep doing that and bear through the difficulties. And uh, again, that's it's amazing. I, I can't say it enough. It's just mind boggling to me, Brian. Well, I appreciate it. But, you know, anybody out there that gets focused can do the same thing. 
They just got to get out of their own way and quit listening to all the negative people around them and the naysayers that say, oh, don't start that business or don't go out on that limb. Man, if they're not footing your bills and paying your way, their, their opinion means nothing. Stay focused. Be true to your heart and your mind and, and do what it is that you're passionate about. And then that way there, all of the naysayers and all the negative crap can't pull you off course. Because there was plenty of people that told me to throw in the towel and move back home. And, you know, you're not going to make it. You're not a business person. I mean, blah, 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 all of that crap. You know, but the crazy part is, is all of those people that, throw me, throw, that told me to throw in the towel are still employed by other people. Yeah. And I had a job in almost 30 years. Yeah, you, you stuck it out and you reached the goal that you want. And then I got to imagine the level of accomplishment, freedom, peace of mind that you have now been able to operate in and function in is more than well worth what you went through in contrast to being what you feel like stuck at a job, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, if you're in a job, someone is controlling your time and your money. But the confusing part is, is people think that is, you know, um, it's safe. I'm, I'm playing it safe. I got a check. Well, this playing it safe is the most unsafe game that you can play because let's say you're tooling along and you're on your way to work and somebody's on their phone texting and they run a red light. They total out your car and they put you in the hospital for two months. Well, your income, which once was looked at as secure, comes to a screeching ass halt. Your boss is not going to pay you while you're not there. So that whole comfort level, which is the BS that people have been sold, doesn't work because you need to create a passive income or a residual income. That's an income that continues to come into you whether you get out of bed or not. Punch a clock to pay the bills and keep the roof over your head, but always be working on a sideline or a hustle on the side. That's your future. That's what gets you out of that nine to five where you can control your life. Yeah. That's where people need to get focused. And it seems like with the, with those haters, the naysayers, you know, that can stick a lot of people in a fear perspective and just keep them kind of stagnant. But then on the opposite side, the people that cheer you on, your fans, your support system, that can also have an opposite effect. And for you, you mentioned, you know, three people that, you know, are, are kind of your fans and cheer you on. What can you speak to that as far as that, that support and background with that? Um... I would have to say, you know, they were, they stuck with me the closest, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot of really, really bad times and, and they, and they told me, you know, if anybody can pull this off, it's you because I'm as about as bullheaded and focused as they come. You know, you tell me I can't do something, just sit back, grab a beer and I'll show you that it can be done. Yeah. And that is what kept me focused that in the internal drive. I mean, I had some external uh, focus that was pushed on me as well. But I would have to say that the internal focus and not letting all of the other people affect what it is my goals were and my end result by not listening to them and basically telling them that they were full of it, that's what kept me going through. I mean, there was some ins outside inspiration, but you know, a lot of it, you just got to dig down and find out and be true to yourself. Because here's something you need to pay very close attention to. And I'm going to give you some time to gather your thoughts. The lies and the bullshit that we tell ourselves is more detrimental than what everybody else tells us. 
Because when we get and we change our focus and we start listening to other people and then we start telling ourselves that we're a loser or we can't do this, it's game over. So you got to be careful what you tell yourself. Yes, it is difficult, but you've got to stay focused through everything. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to get your butt kicked. You're going to get knocked down. It's the perception of how you view that mistake. The mistake can be used as a learning opportunity for you to think better and make better decisions, get up, dust yourself off, and move on down the road and say, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. I mean, those are daily occurrences when you chase the life that you wanted it, that you want to lead. There, there are no straight rides to the summit. That's why there's multiple elevators to get to the top of a, of a tall building. There's no elevator that's a straight ride. They can only go up so many floors. So you got to be really careful on the self-talk and and you just have to brush it off and keep on moving. Keep on moving, brush them lies, brush that bullshit off and uh, surround yourself with, you know, the positive thoughts, positive emotions and, and habits is what I'm hearing you say there. Um, but a- as we get ready to wrap up, Brian, um, I have uh, kind of a final question for you. If you had the ability... On everybody's cell phone, let's say a billion people, you could be their cell phone background or, or put something on their cell phone background. That would be an, an impactful message that you think people need to hear. What is that message? Today is a new day. Get busy. Get busy, baby. I like it. And and that speaks to, I think, kind of the power of now concept we were talking about with Eckhart Tolle or Tolle in, in that, right? Right now is now. And that's different than what happened in the past and and everything else, correct? Is, or am I off the beaten path there? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I can't do something yesterday or the day before, and I can't do something tomorrow or the next day. What you have is right now. That's all you've ever had your entire life. The procrastination that people put upon themselves, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Do it now. There's another book that's called Eat That Frog, 21 Ways to Beat Procrastination. The thing that you don't want to do is probably the thing that you need to do first. Get it out of the way. Then the rest of your day is a cush ride. Yeah. So, you know, that's staying focused and, and doing the things that we don't want to do that we know that we must do in order for us to be successful. Do it first. Get it out of the way and move on down the road. Sounds wise to me. Makes sense. So, Brian Penso, if people want to find you, find your book, what? Uh, how can they find you out there in the world? They can go to brianpenso.com, B-R-I-A-N-P as in Paul, E-N-S-O.com. They can actually go out and download a free copy. Uh, of, well, not a free copy, but a free first chapter. And if they can make it through that first chapter, because it's pretty strong, they need to go ahead and buy the rest of the book because – it will change their life, just like the gentleman, Brian, that was in here earlier. I mean, there's no sugar in it. It's just a straightforward frying pan to the forehead, and it will definitely wake you up. It's got people out of corporate America. It's got people on their own business lines. They can go to Amazon and read the reviews and just to get an idea of what they're, what they're in for. But it will if they allow it. You know, when you look at new information – it's kind of like a computer. You can't get a new program and go home and put it on a virus-infested computer. 
your mind is the same way. You got to throw out all the negative thoughts and all of the things that we think that we know that just aren't so. Mm. Put those to rest, open up your mind, and take in new information. That takes you to a whole different elevation of thinking. And my book will definitely do that if they allow themselves to get out of their way and absorb a new way of thinking. I dig it. Uh, what's your final message? Anything else you want to put out there before we uh, close out here, Brian? Um, I would say if you're out there listening, ask yourself, who are you and why? Why do you think what you think? Is it fact or was it information from an armchair expert? Go out there and live your life, not the one chosen for you, but live the one that you want to live because every day is a new day. God bless y'all. I love it. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's fabulous. I'm really glad that we got to do this, Brian. Thank you for being here. And uh, you have a fabulous day, week, life, and I'm sure we'll be in contact in the meantime. Tell your brother, tell your Casey, tell your Danny boy too, that Brian, you are the star, and this show is for you.